What is going on, Cleveland? <laughs> I'm excited to be here. It's funny what Pastor Troy was talking about. You know, we were right before that, that meeting we had, um, a couple of days before that, I was talking to Pastor uh, Mary, and I told her, I was just like, you know, lately I've just been telling God, I said, whatever you ask me to do, I'll say yes. I'll say yes, God, I'll say yes. And a couple of days later, we sat in that room, and they were like, oh, you do Lorraine? And I was like... Yes? He's like, man, you're doing Lorraine, you might as well do Cleveland too. I was like, yes? Man, you be careful when you're talking to God, talking about you and say yes. He'll put you in some scary places. But I am excited to be here. It's such a privilege and honor to be here with you guys. Uh, we always like to start off our services in Wycliffe by just saying that joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. Amen? Amen, amen. We always like to count our blessings as well. My wife and I are always intentional about it. And today, I was actually, I came up and I was just blessed over the weekend because our granddaughter stayed with us this weekend. And that was for the first time she stayed with us. And, um, you know, my wife is very clean. And, you know, our kids can't like eat in certain places. But you could have found my granddaughter anywhere in the house if you would just follow the goldfish crumbs. She done whatever she wanted to do this weekend. Um, but my blessing now is that I didn't have to go out to Wycliffe. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, so let's, just, uh, let's pray. Father, we surrender this time to you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would open up our, uh, our ears, God, to hear your word, Father, and open up our spirits to receive it and to digest it. In Jesus' name, amen? amen? Amen. Well, this year has been a really adventurous year for me. Um, you know, since I have, I'm not really an outdoorsman, but I got a good best friend here that his second home is the forest. And so, <laughs> because of that, I've actually, you know, I've gone camping about three times. I've gone um, hunting. And each time I go camping with them, it's different for me when I go camping, but when I, when I thought about camping. But when they go camping, they never just like, they never come into the park and they park here and then go camp right there. You know, we have to put these backpacks on and we hike in. And I'm telling you, every 15 minutes, I'm thinking, there's a campsite right there. What's wrong with that one? And I said, no, we got to go find the right spot. 15 minutes later, there's a campsite right there. What's wrong with that one? We got to go find the right spot, Marlon. And I'm telling you, we hiked, and we, we hiked into the forest two hours. We went in two hours. But when we finally got there, I was like, man, this is the right spot. It was all cleared out. Um, you know, the, the, the fire pit was already built up, the, the rocks were already around it, it was right next to a creek. I mean, it was a beautiful spot. And when we got there, Pastor Lou, he told us, he said, the first thing that we need to do is we need to actually get everything we need to start a fire. Everything we need to start a fire. And so we went out and it, we didn't get everything just to start it. We got everything we needed to start the fire and to keep this fire burning, right? Now, when you, when you build a natural fire, um, 
you want to get all of your twigs and get all of your branches and you get those together, you, you, you put a little teepee around it and you, and you start that first, all right, and you get that going. And then you put your logs and all that on later when, after you got the fire going. And from watching uh, Pastor Troy and Pastor Lou, what I learned was there was actually this art to building a fire and an art to keeping it going, right? And so uh, after they got this fire going, this is when they allowed me to come in because I'm not a lot of help in these situations, right? <laughs> so this is when they allowed me to come in. And they, you know, they would sit back, they're drinking their coffee, and they say, man, hey, poke that fire a little bit. I was like, all right, cool. Throw another log on it, right? And so they allowed me to start helping out and keeping this fire burning. And when the fire was burning really, when it was raging, this thing, it was a multi-purpose fire. We were able to use it for everything, right? We were able to use it to, to boil our water, to make coffee. We were able to cook on this fire. All right, we were able to, I mean, I stepped in the creek before we got up there, so I was able to use it for a dryer. I put my socks and my shoes by it. We were able to use it, you know, to dry our clothes. We used this fire for everything. It supplied all of our needs while we were there. But in the morning, when we got up and we got out of our tent, that same fire that was raging the night before was just down to a couple of embers and coals. And so what we had to do is we, we grabbed a stick and we moved all the ashes out of the way. And, we, and right underneath those, there were still the, the coals that were still burning hot, right? They were still hot. And so then we just got some more small twigs and branches and we put those on top of them and, uh, you know, got some more logs and put those on. And within 15, 20 minutes, that fire was raging again. When we were there at the campsite, Everything, we've done everything around this fire. There's a lot of things that can cause your fire to burn out. Right? The rain can cause your fire to burn out. You use the wrong logs and your fire will burn out. Neglect can cause your fire to burn out. So what I want to talk to you today about is how to keep your fire burning. Amen? Let's go to Leviticus. Leviticus 6, 8 through 13. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest's shall then put on his linen clothes with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he is to take off these clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. That's significant. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the, fel uh, of the uh, fellowship offering on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. The priests were told five times in this passage 
to keep your fire burning and that it must not go out. You see, God has set a fire in each one of us, in each one of us, but it's up to you. It is up to us to keep that fire burning. Amen? Amen. I'll be the first to admit that things can be challenging. Life can be challenging, and none of us are exempt from the trials that can, burn, that can put your fire out. We're all actually going to hit a wall in life that's going to test your fire. We're all going to lose loved ones. Some are going to deal with divorce. Others are going to deal with a bad report from the doctor. All right? Job loss. And some of us deal with things differently, but, like, what do you do in these situations when you're looking around in your life and all you see is ashes? All you see is ashes. But I told you verse 11 is significant to that. God tells the priests to carry the ashes outside the camp to a ceremonially clean place. And that's significant because in Numbers 19.9, it says, A man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and put them in a ceremonially clean place outside the camp. They are to be kept by the Israelite community for use in the water of cleansing. It is for purification from sin. This is how good God is is that he will take those ashes, those same things that are threatening to smother your fire and use them for purification. God doesn't waste one thing in your life. Sometimes we hit a wall and we find ourselves waving our fist at God like, what am I supposed to do with these ashes? Who's going to help me clean all this stuff up? But I got good news for you, family. We know a man, right? We know somebody who doesn't just use some things, but he uses all things for our good. We know somebody who doesn't just meet you on mountaintops, but he'll meet you down in the darkest valleys. Amen? We know somebody who will give you beauty for all of those ashes. Church, you should be fired up today because you know a man by the name of Jesus. Amen? You know a man. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste your hurt. He doesn't waste your pain. He wants you to take all of that stuff and bring it to him. You can't handle it. He said, bring it to me. He uses it. He uses it to make something beautiful out of you. And so I want you to ask yourself today, what ashes are in my life? What ashes are in my life that are, are trying to smother my fire? What habits? What habits are smothering my fire right now? What relationships in my life aren't fanning and feeding my flame? And so I want to talk to you today. I want to give you a few ways on how to keep your fire burning. Amen? All right. First, we have to get to a place. You got to get to a place and fully surrender. Get to a place and fully surrender. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire 
that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the fulfillment of what John the Baptist said Jesus was coming to do, to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and in fire. But a lot of us think that we can do what God has called us to do without the fire of God in our lives. But when it comes to preaching the gospel, it can be ineffective in opening up our hearts and finding the seed that's in our soul without fire being in the gospel that's being preached. We have to have fire in the gospel that's being preached. We need fire in our worship. We need fire to be handed down to the next generation. We need fire for our evangelism. Every day you need to be asking God to set my heart on fire for you. Every day. Those 120 people that went up to that room, they went up deliberately, deliberately, got into one place. We have to get to a place every single day and focus on eternity. Get to a place and focus on eternity. And if you do that, he'll set your heart on fire and everything else in your day will find its place and priority in your life. If we make it a priority to get to that place and allow God to set us on fire, we'll find that we're less distracted by our own comforts and our own pleasures and more committed to what he's called us to do in life, to our callings and the anointing in your life. But in order to keep this fire burning in your life, you have to build a system. You got to build a system to maintain your spiritual growth. You have to build a system to maintain your spiritual fire in your life. There was a time where in my life, I, I, my prayer life was based on my emotions. Yeah, it was based on my emotions. If I felt like praying, I prayed. If I didn't feel like praying, which was most of the time, I didn't. So one day I'm way up here, the next day I'm way down here. My poor wife, oh my goodness, she had to deal with a gremlin. She didn't know what I was going to look like when I came out of the shower. But you have to deal, you have to build a system. <laughs> you got to build a system in your life. What does your system look like? You got to create a system that not even your emotions can tamper with. That not even your emotions can tamper with. We have to train ourselves to feed and fan our own flame. In 2 Timothy 1.6, this is amplified, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, that is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. You see, we got to stir up our own fire. We got to feed our flame. We can't come here today and get a fire started and then come back next week and expect that same fire to be burning hot, right? This is the life of the average Christian. You ain't no average Christian. We can't expect that, right? You need to get up and you need to put a log on the fire on Monday. You got to get up and you got to put a log on the fire on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. You need to add a log every single day. Moses tells the priests 
every morning. He said every morning that God tells him to add a log on the fire every single morning. That means every day. Every day we have to get up and get in the face of Jesus. Every day we got to get in his word. We have to do something to maintain that passion for Jesus. Amen? If we leave things to chance and feeling in our lives, our fires will die quick. They'll die quick, and I will tell you right now that anything will take its place. Anything will take its place. Doubt will take its place. Fear will take its place. Guilt will take its place. Perversion will take its place. Shame will take its place. Shame and fear. Think about Peter when he denied Jesus three times. Right? I saw you over there with Jesus. I wasn't over there, man. I was, I was passing by. Fear and shame. But think about Peter when he denied Jesus three times. And then think about Peter when he preached at Pentecost. What was the difference? It was Peter before the fire and Peter after the fire. There wasn't you before the fire. Now there's a you after the fire. When the fire is burning bright in your life, I'm trying to tell you it is contagious, y'all. It's contagious. It's like a wildfire. It can't be contained. Everybody you know should be put on notice that if they walk in the room with you, they are they can be set on fire just by being in a room with you. Just by getting close to you. And let me tell you that if the fire that's in your life is only changing you, there's a problem. There's a problem with your fire. You see, because the fire in our life ain't just for us. The fire that you leave here is to be used in your homes. The fire is for your marriage. The fire is for your children. The fire is for your grandchildren. It's for work. It's for uh, at the store when you run into somebody at the gas station. The fire is for everything that you do. It's for your work. It's for your play. That brings me to my second point, which is that we have to maintain a passion for souls. That's how you keep your fire burning. You have to maintain a passion for souls. Amen. Nothing else will get you fired up like seeing somebody else being one to the Lord. That's what gets me fired up. Pastor Becca always says, let's make heaven crowded, right? Pastor George is talking about, we can throw a party and have a party thrown in heaven. We have to maintain that passion for souls. This is the commission of the 30,000 right, is to win people to Jesus. I'm excited about next week because of that. Like, and don't, don't get the 30,000, like, mixed up with us saying that we want you to bring people to hear us speak. This isn't about the ministry of a man. We are to worship man. This is about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, right, because it's Jesus. It's Jesus who's the Holy Spirit, the fire and the flame. It's Jesus, the one who come into your life and set your heart ablaze. It is Jesus who will come into your heart and ignite you. And when Jesus ignites you, your life will never be the same. This is about Jesus. 
This isn't about me. Pastor Michelle and I, a couple of months ago, we um, invited one of our first-time visitors out to, uh, out to lunch after church. And this guy's in his 30s, and he, uh, we took him out, talked to him, and it was his first time, his first time ever in church. And I was like, what? Like, why haven't you ever gone to church, man? I was like, yeah. And, and, and his answer? Nobody ever invited me. It's that simple. That simple. And we've seen him back after that every week, just coming back to get what he needs. We got to have a heart and a fire for evangelism. Right? And don't, don't let the word evangelism scare you. The word evangelism used to freak me out. It did, because the word evangelism, I thought, I saw the, the picture of the guy standing on the soapbox in the busy, like, intersection, just spitting fire and brimstone. Like, that's what I thought evangelism, you know. But evangelism is simply this. It's spreading the, the Christian gospel, yes, by public preaching or personal witness. Personal witness. In, in the book of Luke, there's a story of Jesus' encounter with the demon-possessed man. And it says that, after Jesus delivered him from these demons, everybody in the region was freaked out because they, you know, they, they hadn't seen anything like this. So they, they asked Jesus to leave, right? And Jesus goes, he's fine. He, tooks off, he, got, he takes off, he gets in the boat. But it says that this man who he delivered him from runs over, and it says in Luke 8, 38 through 39, it says, now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. You know, Jesus is, is saying, Look, man, I don't, I don't need you to come with me. I know what I just done for you. I know what just happened. I need you to go be an effective witness to those that don't know. Right? The ones who knew your previous condition and can attest to your miraculous healing. That's what I need you to go do. You see, Jesus didn't come to polish up Christians every Sunday. He said, I came to seek and to save the lost. Amen? So I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to just share your faith with other people. It ain't got to be scary or weird. Right? Just tell people what Jesus has done in your life. Just tell them what he's done. That's, that's what a witness is. It's just telling, giving an account of what happened in your life. And when you do that, when you go out and you tell people what happened in your life and you begin to see your friends and your family brought to the Lord, I'm telling you, it will fire you up. God wants to use you like you can be a mighty tool in his hand. Amen? Amen. My third point, uh, get that water. To keep your fire burning is you have to fellowship with fired up people. You got to fellowship with fired up people. Dr. Tony Evans, uh, he says this. He says that one log in a fireplace 
It doesn't burn, burn very bright. Logs need to be piled together to keep the flame alive. The flame lasts longer when several logs are burning together. Each of us is a log in God's fire. Don't separate yourself from the other logs. Their flame will be less and yours will eventually burn out. And I thought that was so powerful. I thought that was so powerful. Listen, it's so important to have purposeful connections with other believers. Like, I'm so grateful that when I gave my heart to the Lord, he gave me my good bestest friend back in my life, gave me a hot wife, and gave me a life group that was all on fire for Jesus. All of them was on fire for Jesus. Because, tell the truth, I came this close so many times to my fire just burning out. So many times to my fire burning out. But I was surrounded with people who said, not on my watch. Not on my watch. What we're going to do is we're going to gather these ashes up. We're going to give these to the Lord. And we need to get you back in the face of Jesus. You need purposeful connections in your life. All of us are, are in relationships. We're all in relationships with, with our family members. we got relationships at work. But, but take a look at those relationships. Take a deep look at them and find out how many of those relationships are, are feeding your fire or how many of them are smothering your fire. Unequally yoked relationships can be dangerous. They can be dangerous. I've seen so many people say, oh, no, 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 I'm just going to the bar because I want to win people to the Lord. And those relationships end up pulling you further and further from the Lord. This is why life groups are so important. This is why fearless women is so important, why Courage Company is so important. This is why you being here in these seats today is so important. We're made for community. And when we're, when we're all together, our fires, they just burn twice as bright. But here's what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants to pull you as far away from them Jesus freaks as he can. He wants to pull you as far away from him as you can. And he wants to isolate you. He wants to put you over here. You see, because he knows that if he can throw you over here and isolate you, he can begin to feed you lies. He can begin to let you know that you're worthless. He can tell you that ain't no way you can start that business. You ain't anointed. Who told you that? That's when shame and doubt and fear come into the picture. Until you find yourself drowning in a cesspool of his lies. He'll do this so much that you will lose 
lose your spark. You won't, you won't even desire to get up and spend no time with Jesus. You won't even desire to get up and read your Bible. Because you, over there with him, you're the only one going through it. But can I tell you something, family? That if you just get yourself up and get yourself around these fired up people, I'm telling you that they, they will help set you back on fire. They'll let you know that you're loved. They'll let you know that you're anointed, that you're above and not beneath. They'll remind you of how good and gracious your father is. Amen? Amen. Stand with me as I close. We got to be determined, family. You got to be determined to keep your fire burning. You got to get up every day and you got you to get to the right place. You got to get to the right place and you really have to fully sum, just surrender. Surrender to Jesus. We think we can do it on our own, but we can't. We need the Holy Spirit and all that we do. Amen? Maintain a passion for souls. Let's start a party in heaven. Let's make heaven crowded. Get to church next week. Bring somebody with you. And after that, encourage them to bring somebody with them. Fellowship with fired up people. Get yourself in a life group. If you ain't in a life group, get in a life group. Become a fire starter everywhere that you go. Start fires in your home. Start fires in your neighborhood, in your community, at work. Let's set this whole region on fire. If your fire has been low and you're feeling like it's, it's being smothered, or maybe you haven't even asked Jesus to set a fire in your heart, let's do that together right here, right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. Holy Spirit, lead me. Guide me. I declare from this day on, I'll live for you. If that's the first time you ever said that prayer, we want to welcome you with open arms to the family of God. Be determined this week. 
to get up earlier. Even if you just get up and say thank you, Jesus, for the air in my lungs. Make that a priority, the first thing you do. If you need prayer, we're going to have some of our pastors and altar ministers come up here and they'll be here to pray with you. Father, we just, we thank you today. I pray, Lord, this week, Lord, that you would, that you would give us a desire to wake up and to get in your face today, Jesus. That you would give us a heart for souls, Father, that you would give us the courage to send a text to make a call, to reach out to your children that need you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We don't want to keep him to ourselves. He's too good. We thank you, Father, for surrounding us with the right relationships and removing all things that aren't from you from our lives. We want to be on fire for you, Jesus. We speak Jesus over our families this week. We speak Jesus over our coworkers this week. We speak Jesus over our schools this week. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing, Jesus. We love you and we bless you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer, we want you to come this way before you go that way. I just want to let you guys know it's an honor and privilege to be here today. We look forward to seeing all of you next week. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We love you.